<laughs> Guys, welcome to Nathan K. Gingerbread Podcast. On the couch today, I've got Rob Hobson, the UK's leading nutritionist and author of The Art of Sleeping. Rob, Thank you absolute very much. pleasure. Yes. It's lovely to see you. Yeah. Um, talk to me, how did you get into, I mean, we all know you as one of the best nutritionists in the UK, yeah. but how did you get into writing The Art of Sleeping? So I was always interested in sleep, and obviously, but never got any sleep. So for me, it was about um, just exploring the reasons why we choose to do nothing about not sleeping. Hmm. Yes. Yeah, so I struggled with insomnia for years, and um, like other people, I just did nothing about it. And the more I was researching, the more I was talking to people, I thought, God, people always tell you how tired they are, but they never, they still do not take action to do nothing about it to, yeah. to sort of cure it. So. How can, okay, so if someone is now suffering with insomnia, how, yeah. that part that you said action, so everyone says, I'm yeah. tired, I feel a bit down, I haven't had much sleep today. Yeah. How can they take action? What are the first steps? Well, the first thing is that you need to um, find the motivation to do something about it. Okay. It's like food, right? People, you have to, to make a behavior change, you have to want to do something about it. Um, so in the book, I describe these sort of basic pillars of, of um of sleep, which are your sort of behaviour, your environment and your diet. And it's all about tackling those three things to try and get your sleep back on track, mm -hmm. develop a sleep ritual if you like. Um, but you know, one of, the one of the first things you can possibly do is actually just set the time that you go to bed and wake up. Yeah, Reg okay. The regular sleep and wake times are the best thing, the very best thing you can do. And that's really hard now because we're all sat up all night, you know, just one more uh, one more thing on Netflix, do you know what I mean? It's that box set, it's so addictive. Or we've all got our laptops open or mm. our phone and we can talk a bit later why that isn't good for sleep. Of course. But, um, but yeah, we're all just... So you, you talk about maybe setting a certain time. Okay, yeah. so yeah. then you set a certain time and we all know that we try to sort of stick to routine. So we're, yeah. we're creatures of routine, we like routine. Yeah. So is there a certain time that we should be going to bed? It depends. Go backwards from what time you want to wake up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I would do. And then go back with your eight hours. And if you get eight hours, brilliant. If you get less than that, then obviously you wake up earlier. But yeah. <laughs> is, is there a myth about this eight hour rule? Like, not eight hour rule, but this yeah. eight hour sleep time? Uh, a lot of the science says that you need eight hours. So I would say you would thrive best on eight hours sleep. And again, we can talk more about this later, but a lot of health issues are related to not getting that eight hour sleep. A lot of the research is based around less than eight hours. Um, Margaret Thatcher reckons she needed four and functioned perfectly well, but I don't think you function well on that little sleep. I think you think you're functioning well, but what you're doing is you're making up coping mechanisms all the time to deal with not sleeping. Yeah, okay, fine. Yeah. So going back to why you decided to write this book, yeah. I mean, give us some experience of how you used to not sleep well or why you think you didn't used to sleep well. I think I just got into a routine from, from a young age, I think, because I always worked in bars and restaurants. Um, and when I was at uni, I worked at bars and restaurants all the way through. It's really unsociable hours. Then you put a bit of partying on top of that on the weekend. You know, you just never sleep at a set time. And then when you have a night off, you can't go to sleep at eight, nine o'clock because you're wide awake. Do you know what I mean? And, th and that went through for like 10, 12 years I was doing that. And I think it just sort of put me in a routine of always waking up through the night. Um, and some nights, I'd, let some, I'd go months with just like four hours sleep. And it's an absolute killer, especially if you've got stuff to do. Do you think, actually, do you genuinely believe, I mean, I know a lot of people that would say, all I need is four hours. 
Yeah, I don't believe that. Genuinely, like, <laughs> could you, is that, do you think it's a personal thing or do you think there's a lot of people out there? I mean, I don't know and I yeah. don't know how many people could could not function on four or five hours sleep. I just... I just don't, but I, from what I know from the research, I don't think you're doing yourself any favours just sleeping four hours a night. Yeah. I think it's not a good habit to get into and I can't believe that those people aren't napping across the day, which mm-hmm. is fine. Short naps are a good way to sort of energise yourself. But I can't believe they're not doing, like I said earlier, coping mechanisms to deal with that. Dosing up on coffee, you know, energy drinks, um, you know, naps. Yeah. yeah. Just going back to the book. So I want to talk yeah. more about the book. What yeah, yeah. can people expect to find the book? Because this is going to be released around the same time the book is, is released. Okay. Um, so what could people expect to find? So what I wanted to do was, there's loads of stuff out there on sleep. Right. And a lot of it's really hefty. So <clears throat> I wanted to explain the basics of sleep put forward my idea, my method about developing a sleep ritual and then incorporate other interesting things like sleep tonics and um, ways to relax and that kind of stuff, breathing. But I wanted to put it all in a really easy, digestible format in this small book yeah. so that you, you, know, you could read the book in an hour and a half if you really wanted to. Um, but it's all simple and it's all there. It's everything that you need to know and it's not too sciencey. Not too sad. So yeah. it comes from like real life experiences and yeah, something like so. Yeah, sorry, it does. It comes from real life experience and it comes from reading the research and it comes from talking to other people. So to see. okay, and um, so have you then now found your own sleep hygiene, as it were, like you know, yeah, routine? I have, and um, it you know it doesn't always go to plan because we're all really busy. I travel a lot with work, so sometimes it all goes a little bit off plan. But generally, I try and stick to the same thing. You can ask me what it is now, aren't you? No, no I'm not. So I, I think people. Should, I, I've read it, so yeah. I've read the book, and I, the book yeah. is the book is amazing. Yeah. Um, and I highly recommend everyone reading this book. So I know this is early on in, in, in the interview, but yeah. I really highly recommend people reading this book. Oh, it is shucks. brilliant. No, 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 it is really good. Um, and it's not. I've always believed myself that I need sort of seven or eight hours sleep. Yeah. But I've never napped during the day. Okay. I meet a lot of people and a lot of successful business entrepreneurs and mm-hmm. business owners that go no. I'll go to sleep at 11, I'll wake up at 3, I'll go to the gym, I'll do my morning routine, I'll get into the office, and I'll smash it out. And they genuinely believe that they can... Is that sustainable? I couldn't say for those people, but I don't believe it is sustainable. I don't think you can do that for a really long period of time. I mean, what do they do on the weekends would be interesting to know, because Mm. you you can't really catch up on your sleep. Catching up on your sleep is just putting your circadian rhythm out of sync. The best thing you can do is this set you know, going to bed, waking up. So if you're sleeping all, all weekend in bed, hitting the snooze button, you're not going to feel great on a Monday morning. And I just, I don't know, I don't believe that people can just survive on four hours. No, I don't. I mean, you, you're going to get loads of people there. Uh, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> the whole point is, you know, like, I like to have a little bit of debate about this because yeah. if, you know, if you've got a comment to make and if you think that, you know, four hours sleep's enough and you can have a yep. sort of 10 or 15 minute power nap, which Google recommend to do, mm-hmm. but they don't recommend having four hours sleep. They just say during the day, if you're tired, you know what? If you feel like you need to nap, have a 15-minute power nap. Yeah. And when I got invited to Google, they did have power, they had sleep pods. Yeah. Um, but they didn't say, don't sleep at night. They didn't yeah. say, don't have that sleep. So if yeah. you think that you can survive in just four hours sleep, make a comment below, because I want to see, I want to know if that's possible or not. I and also, I want to know how old you are. Yeah, that's because interesting. Because I think, I know as people get, tend to get older, sort of 50s, 60s, mm-hmm. I ask them how many hours sleep, and they say, I can't sleep for more than five hours. Yeah. Um, or six hours. Yeah. But the younger the younger generation, they can sleep forever. 
But it doesn't mean you don't need that sleep still. Mm. That's the thing. So there's a bit of a myth that, that older people um, need less sleep. They still need the same amount of sleep. It's just that they struggle to sleep for long periods of time. Yeah. So again, it might be worth incorporating a nap in there because you know your body needs to repair itself when you're asleep. There's a lot of stuff going on whilst you're sleeping um, that the body's doing to regenerate and to, to uh, process all the memories and thoughts from the day in your brain, which is done through your REM sleep. You know, the other stages of sleep, your body's really working hard to repair itself. And that might actually be even more important as you're a little bit older, because mm. there may be more issues going on with your health. So, yeah, you, you still need the same amount of sleep. Going back to just something you just mentioned, REM sleep. For mm -hmm. anyone that doesn't know what that is, what is REM sleep? That's rapid eye movement sleep. Yeah, and it's, it's when the body is, um, the brain's active and the body's quite still and the brain's sort of processing all the thoughts from the day. It's actually the stage when you dream mm -hmm. uh, because the brain's very active, so it's the dreaming stage. So when the eye, is that when the eyes are almost yeah. flicking? Like, a bit weird to look at, right? Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> is, if, someone, if someone's watching thinking, look, I want to learn about REM or want to learn more about sleeping, is yeah. there maybe a device that you could maybe wear to track your sleeping if you're getting the right amount of good sleep? Yeah, I mean, there's all these um, devices. You've got Fitbits. There's a new one called Whoop. You know, they all monitor your sleep. Mm -hmm. um, I don't wear one purely because I, it makes me quite anxious. And yeah. this is a downside of this sort of technology. If you don't sleep very well and you're just reinforcing the fact by constantly looking at this monitor, yeah. it's really not going to do you any favours. <laughs> and also you need to understand what it means. So a lot of people look at the, the sections and they go... I had hardly any deep sleep, so that's a really bad thing. You need to understand deep sleep. You don't have a lot of deep sleep. You may be in the first few 90-minute stages, you have a deep sleep, but it actually disappears through the night mm. because your body doesn't want to be in deep sleep for a long time because you're very vulnerable. Your body shuts down. Yeah. So naturally, it wants to get you through it and get you out of it as quickly yeah. as possible. So, But people don't really understand what they're reading a lot of the time. And I don't know how accurate it is. Um, this is it. How accurate can yeah. it be? Yeah. I mean, it's just something that's taking your, your heartbeat. Your heart your, rate. Yeah, the heart yeah. rate. Um, yeah, I, I don't... My wife always says to me, Nathan, yeah. oh, I've only had like one hour of deep sleep. I was like, no, you're fine. That's like, all you need. Yeah. Well, probably a bit more, but that's, you don't need a lot. You don't need a lot. And also, what are you going to do with it? So it's all right <laughs> monitoring it and looking at it, but if you're not going to do anything about it, then what's what? the point? <laughs> do you, do you, you're a nutritionist, right? Yes. And a really good one. How important is your diet to your sleep? Yes, so the link is, um, it's, not, it's not massively strong, but mm -hmm. there is a link between diet and sleep. And it's two things, really. It's about when you choose to eat and about what you choose to eat. So very simply, the when you choose to eat, if you eat foods that maybe give you heartburn, mm -hmm. um, there are other foods that can trigger certain hormones in the body. But that particular one could keep you awake, so you might need to think about eating a bit earlier. Yeah. Um, and then the, the what you eat, things like alcohol is going to keep you awake at night, cool. sugar, yeah. eating like Nathan, yeah. eating loads of sugar in the day can um, affect your sleep yeah. at night as well. Um, but then there's positive foods. I don't know if you've, you've heard about tryptophan before. No. So tryptophan is an amino acid and it goes into the brain to make melatonin, mm -hmm. which is our sleep hormone. Yep. And that's in foods, protein foods. It's an amino acid, which is it's a protein. Um, and then if you team that with a carbohydrate food, it makes that um, amino acid more available to enter the brain and okay. make melatonin. So that might work. Mm -hmm. You know, having a nice carbohydrate meal in the evening could work. Actually, there's an old wives' tale 
milk and honey before you go to bed helps yeah. you to sleep, right? Okay. But that could be quite true. Milk yeah. has got tryptophan and honey's a carbohydrate, so it could actually be the trick that it helps you to get to sleep. You Great little tip there. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think diet is, is linked in a way. And of course you've got supplements as well, herbs and tinctures and all sorts of stuff. So I read in the book, that, I mean, I, or I read from your, your, personal, you know, your personal statement, yeah. What do you take? What sort of re- hemp? No. So if Remedies. I can't sleep, because <clears throat> my sleep is actually okay now, to be honest. Now I've developed this sleep ritual. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually much better. And but the one I do take is valerian. So it's a herb, and it, it's, it comes from hops, and it absolutely stinks. Like it's really bad. <laughs> Sounds great. But you just got to chuck it back. But it's <laughs> it's mainly for anxiety. Mm-hmm. But anxiety is linked to sleep, and I think that really helps. Um, some people take melatonin, yep. which you need to order online from the okay. States. Um, it's five milligrams, and that, that helps some people. It's not proven that it's definitely going to help you to sleep, yeah. but in some cases it, it might work. With all this stuff, there's no guarantee, but why not try it? Because if you're it's struggling to sleep, and just yeah. give it a go and well, see why, if it works. Why not? I think that, that's the whole point, isn't it? And that's the mm. whole point of the The first word you said was action. To actually yeah. doing something about it. So we all talk yeah. about, we can't do this, we can't do that. Well, what are you doing about it? Yeah. So you've got to take action first. And the, the action is starting by a little step at a time. It's, it's what I do with nutrition. It's always the way. It's taking little small steps to get to a bigger goal. It just creates a bigger goal because it's all about behavior change. Yeah. So what we're trying to do all the time is change these little ways that we behave. Um, and that's what I'm trying to do with the book. Do you think a lot of people can't... I know... So. I don't know if there's a study on this, people that are employed to self-employed. If there's a study on people that are self-employed that run their own business, tend to think a lot more. I said, no, I didn't mean tend to think a lot more. Mm -hmm. Tend to think of the business a lot more, like 24-7. Or someone that's employed that does their nine to five, that goes home, doesn't think about it, goes to sleep, lovely, wakes up, does their job. Where someone that's self-employed, has their own business, will be like, work, 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 work. work." Do you think that could play a part in... I don't think you switch off when you're self-employed. Um, I think people have really busy jobs where they are employed and it's yeah. really stressful and there are periods of time where you've maybe got a big project on or, or something's happening. Um, but I think more so when you work for yourself, it's just really hard to switch off because your brain's always, where's the work coming from? What have I got to do? And you've always got lots of different clients on the go and trying to juggle stuff, which is quite stressful. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think, and there's obviously the tax return, which is yeah. very stressful <laughs> one every year. Well, yeah, of course. That keeps me awake. January's coming. Uh, yeah, 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 exactly. Um, so yeah, I think, yeah, it's a case by case, isn't it? Yeah, Some it people just freelance and we breeze through and it's easy, <laughs> but I'm definitely not one of those people. But yeah. Is it, I, think it's, I think it is finding a pattern and finding your way. Like, for instance, I always used, so my most creative time used to be my sort of five, ten minutes I got into bed, I start thinking, thinking, yeah. thinking. Yeah. And I always learned that that was my most creative. So I just started writing things down. I used to have my mobile phone. Mm. in bed with me and now I don't I just if I think of something I've got pen and paper just write it down and then I can sleep yeah definitely and that's something I would always recommend because just have a pad of paper next to your bed because even if you wake up through the night I think sometimes some of the best ideas come don't you and actually because I've lay in bed before now for hours and it's amazing how long you can lie in bed with the same thing on a loop yes and it gets more intense and more intense and Mm. more stressful the more you think about it but it's the same thought and I just thought what am I doing why not just Get up and just write it down. You know, find a quiet space, keep the lights down low, yep. a warm drink, and then just just get everything down on paper until you're ready to go back to bed. Why is blue light so important? 
like not to why is why is it so important yeah. not to have it on at night basically so blue lights um well the, all all lights have an effect on your levels of melatonin so how the body produces because your melatonin is controlled by your body clock and that's controlled by light <laughs> so <clears throat> blue light is the worst and that comes from electronic equipment so tvs laptops phones and that really inhibits the production of melatonin so your peak melatonin is nine till eleven o'clock at night and it oh, really? makes you feel sleepy you know, you want to get dark, you want to get cosy, and, and this kicks in, so it makes you feel quite sleepy. Um, but if you, if the thing you do then is whack open your laptop, <laughs> <laughs> or you're on your phone, it's not really going to do you any favours. And again, some people aren't affected by it. No. Some people just sleep perfectly, and they're on their phones all night long, and their laptops, and they, they're fine. It's, if you struggle to sleep, then don't make things worse for yourself. Just try and explore all these different things that you're doing. In fact, in the book, I have a sleep um, diary. Mm -hmm. And I saw that. Yeah, and yeah. I think it's, I know, I hate filling in diaries. And being a nutritionist, I've got people to fill in endless food diaries. And it's a real pain in the ass. But it really does help to give you a good understanding of your sleep landscape. Yeah. And really what you're doing and what, where to start and, and what to do. Another good action someone can take is what you mentioned about the blue light. Is this doctor yeah. here mentioned yeah. it. Um, and she said... To my wife and I, turn your blue light, your blue light off of your phone yeah. from nine o'clock. Yeah. So from nine o'clock, all you've got to do, one action you can take straight away yeah. is turn the blue light off in your mobile phone. Yeah, they've got night it, modes. Yeah. Just, yeah. Why not? That's the first action that someone can take as well. I'm really brave now. I actually turn my phone off. Ooh. Ooh, how's that one for you guys? Oh, that feels yeah. like even thinking about turn it turns uncomfortable. <laughs> it's uncomfortable. I don't turn it on again until I'm ready in the morning. Um, because I just think. Is it, what am I actually looking at at that time of night? I'm checking emails and nobody cares if I respond or not. Or I'm looking at somebody's picture of what they've eaten for lunch on Instagram. <laughs> and it's like, do I really need to look at that before I go to bed? And the answer is no. So we'll just, you know, I just shut it all down. Do you think it's just a bad habit, people looking at their phones? Oh, flipping heck yeah. I mean, there's a bit of research and we look at our phones thousands of times a day. You don't realise just how much you're doing it. And mm. You know, it's a cause of depression in kids. Yep. And actually, insomnia in kids is on the rise because they're constantly plugged into their phones. You've got kids that get depressed with the stress of social media and the pressure. They've got all this blue light all night long and they're not sleeping, so they're not able to concentrate in school in the morning. So I think a digital detox for the whole household. Just would be amazing. shut it down for everybody so everyone can sleep a bit better. So after nine o'clock, yeah. your phone's gone. TV? I'm a bit of a TV junkie, I have yeah. to say. <laughs> yeah. But I, I struggle not to watch the TV, but I will do everything else in my power to but, help myself to sleep. I'll keep everything else low, you know. Is I actually have, a, I do change the setting on the TV. I mean, my TV's got this vivid, vivid screen, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so, which is literally like Wembley Stadium that's just opened up <laughs> in your living room. But I try and put it on the lowest one and it is quite, it's a bit like the setting on your phone. Another action to take then. Because actions today. <laughs> that's, what yeah. it, that's what it says up there. Yeah. It's one of exactly. my first things. Uh, first thing I believe is taking action. So if you yeah. are struggling with sleep or, you know, actually start to do something about it. And a lot of the book has loads of action in there. Yeah, I mean, if you're sat in your living room with the TV on and all the lights, are glad, I've got spots and everybody, a lot of people have spots in their house. Yeah. If you've got it all going on, <laughs> no. it's really not going to help you to sleep. So, you know, and you maybe just never thought about it. You just think the lights are on. Yeah. Just turn them all down and as a good start. Candles at night? Um, I mean, people, people try everything from diffusers to candles yeah. to, 
I mean, uh, I use uh, lavender sprays. Yeah, I yeah. use those. Yeah. They're great. They're brilliant. Wonderful. And it's, you know, the, the link with aromatherapy is not that strong. And I think there's a lot more research that probably needs to be done. But it's all to do with your olfactory sense, senses and how those impact on your parasympathetic nervous system, which helps you to relax. I don't know how I got that out. Very good. Um, yes, yeah, so things like lavender, ylang-ylang, vetiver, those kind of smells are meant to trigger that sort of calming effect. I mean, I've got it all going on. I've got the lavender spray, <laughs> the candle, the bath oil. <laughs> is it true that you change your bed sheets twice a week? Yeah, I do. That is insane. Because I swear to God, you have the best sleep when your bed is Isn't it that and you, it's, everything's all plumped up and you get into bed and you know you're going to sleep really well. And actually, I think it was another author, um, Nick Littlehales, who wrote a great book on sleep. And he's a sleep coach for a lot of the Olympic teams. It's either an Olympic team or a, or a football team. And he gave them fresh bedding every night. Wow. You know, I mean, you can do that when you've... Got, yeah, of course. Got the people to do it. But I think it was... Um, you just have the best night's sleep. It's one thing my wife says. She says, yeah. Nathan, if we ever have enough money, that's yeah. what every day we want, I want fresh linen. Yeah, and somebody to do it for you. Great shout. Of course, yeah. Great shout. The lady. Do, <laughs> um, do baths work? Yeah. Definitely. You think, yeah. you think baths are a good thing? People would say, like, you know, a good bath before bed helps them to relax. It, just, it helps you to relax. It helps you to sort of de-stress. I'm always in the bath of the book. Um, you know, you, your body temperature goes up, which could inhibit your sleep. But mm -hmm. the idea is, as it drops, that's going to make it's going to start to make you feel tired. Yep. Um, so don't go too close to bed uh, having a bath, but just an hour before. Do you think there's any facts behind having a... I know that you enjoy a cold bed, not from experience, just from what yeah. I've read. <laughs> well, well <laughs> it's always, um, I believe it's always nice to get into a cold bed because yeah. then you can make yourself comfortable by sort yeah, of snuggling totally. up to the covers, right? I sleep with the window wide open all year round. Wow. Yeah, because I love it. Cold. You like to snuggle up, oh, right. Snuggle up. But is there, any, is there any... Do you think there's any facts or do you think there's any scientific, science behind having like getting into a really hot bed or getting into a cold bed? Totally. So there's a sort of ambient temperature that's really good for sleep. Don't ask me what it is. <laughs> it's not hot and it's not cold. Um, so yeah, th there is an optimal temperature that will help you to sleep because your, mm -hmm. your circadian rhythm is triggered by environment and light. And one of those environmental factors is, is temperature. So yeah, there definitely is. And you know, your bedding needs to want breathable bedding, all that kind of stuff. So it helps. And I actually... My partner and I have separate duvets. So I have the windows open and like we can both snuggle into our own duvet because it's just, you know, that tug of war yeah. overnight with the duvet. And I was like, I can't do this. Um, so, so yeah, that, that's my, another tip that I think helps. I love it. So, okay, with this book, where, yes. where are you hoping it to lead to? Um, I don't know, really. I just, what I wanted to do. So some people have called me a sleep expert in the press. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say I was a sleep expert. I think of myself more of a sleep ambassador. Yeah. So I know what it feels like not to sleep. Mm. I have written this book to put everything, all the facts into one place. And I understand the science. And I, I get the method I've given people is, I think, easy to follow. So I would like just people to take it on board. And, you know, I'd love to see and hear how people get on with trying to fix their sleep, really. And it's not that easy. I'm no, saying I'll just not. follow this method, whatever. <laughs> there are some people that do have a lot of real real problems with sleep yeah they might have to look for alternative um things it might mean taking drugs which aren't very nice sleeping pills um or finding the therapy you know i think counseling i think what's nice about the book is it actually says look 
takes it where everything else just seems very scientific that I've read or it just yeah. seems to be like this is what it is but yeah. what you've given is like a, try these methods yeah like it's it worked for me yeah like and you obviously suffered with insomnia which yeah. is insomnia is something where you just you cannot sleep uh, so my lovely trick was going to bed at nine and waking up feeling refreshed at sort of half twelve one and then it, that's it then you just awake until whenever you know until you have to do your job and then you you nap in the day and then it all starts over again <laughs> oh my god that's um, that, that's i mean and it's horrible when you're sat there on, and i say don't get up and do anything but actually it's so boring because you've got hours and hours of just like sitting there like okay i've written everything that, yeah. and now i'm just going to sit and watch something on the tv because you're just never going to sleep i mean that's that's really depressing like yeah. it, like it's so depressing not mm. to be able to sleep yeah. I, mean, I know what it's like i mean i i, I have i have I have great sleep, yeah, and like because I have a routine, I get into bed just All before. Right. I get, well, it's just, but like you said, finding yeah. that routine. Yes, and, I, totally. you know, if, and if you're asking, you know, if you want to ask for the, the Joe public, and yeah. like the Joe public, you know, I'm a Joe public, and I have a routine. I get into bed sometime between eleven and twelve. I fall asleep around about twelve o'clock. Yeah. I wake up at seven forty-five. Oh, like nice. I have that. You know, that's my routine. And you know, you've and got the routine when you know, like if you set your alarm, yeah. you know when it's all kicking in, and then you get up exactly when your alarm. You know, you wake up exactly the same time every day and that's yeah. your circadian rhythm sort of all just you're just all in sync with the way your body's meant to work going back to sleeping aids yeah so many people go to their doctor the local gp and i've heard this so many times and they go can't sleep yeah there you go here's a prescription go get some sleeping pills yeah how how is that doing us any favors i think doctors are very careful about prescribing sleeping pills because they can be quite addictive mm -hmm. so you'll never get You'll never get mounts of them. You'll get a course to help you out. Um, I've tried them and I don't like them. They make you feel it's really hard to wake up. Mm. You feel a bit groggy. I mean, they're great with a glass of wine <laughs> to send you off to sleep, believe me. But it's really hard to shake it off the next day. And I just, you know, and if you become over-reliant on them, you're not really fixing the issue at hand. Um, I mean, there's other things you can, over-the-counter preparations that you can okay. buy. Mostly they're, they're based around, I said valerian earlier. Yeah. So the base around valerian, um, some might contain antihistamines that make you drowsy. Okay. Um, again, it's an option. You said alcohol. Mm. Now, now, this is something that people actually don't think can keep you awake mm. because they actually think it takes you to sleep. The double-edged sword. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. How, how, does alcohol, how does alcohol affect our sleep? So it affects your REM sleep to start with, okay. which will not give you, well, which will affect your overall sleep quality, which can make you feel tired. Um, but just the basic mechanics of alcohol, so it dehydrates you, so mm -hmm. you're more likely to wake up in the evening, uh, throughout the night to use the bathroom. Um, yeah, and it's, yeah, it, it makes you groggy, it makes you sleepy, but I just don't, I just don't think it's Not the good best thing. option. No, okay. No. I mean, <laughs> and the thing is, if you do, I can't say don't drink, because I like a glass of wine in the evening, but it's just timing it, so have your wine with your meal yeah. a bit earlier in the evening. 7, uh, 7.30. Yeah. yeah, whatever. Whenever it is. Um, but just don't, you know, just don't have it late at night and just don't drink too much because it will keep you awake. Yeah, okay, fine. Yeah. So, yeah. no sugars? So, sugars? Oh, it sounds really later. boring, well, it? No sugar, no, no alcohol, <laughs> no drugs. <Rest> early, <laughs> a cup of milk with honey. And I'm 55. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. How can the older generation, so, you know, you said, like, you know, 
people in their 50s and their 60s they still yeah. need to sleep how what sort of routine because i do know somebody in that age and they always talk about they can't sleep yeah what about earplugs what about people making noise and stuff like that yeah so i wear earplugs because um my partner snores so uh which is actually one of the most common reasons why people can't sleep yes is the other half so if you've got a spare room brilliant sling your hook but otherwise i think earplugs are really i mean so simple right mm -hmm. get some earplugs but how many people put up with their other half snoring and don't buy earplugs it's crazy and they go i was up all night because yeah. so and so was snoring, snoring. Well, why haven't you got some earplugs just just do it so uh yes yeah, so that works uh some people wear eye masks Yes, eye masks. I often worry that if you're there with your eye masks and your earplugs <laughs> and anything happens and someone has to rescue you from your flat, <laughs> yeah. you don't look cool, do you? But, no, you don't. But if it helps you to sleep, then... Um, yeah, I tried some really good eye masks the other day and uh, that lady just behind you, she yes. bought them on, Sam. Oh, okay. Uh, and they're called Love, uh, Pop Love Pop Mask or something. Oh, nice. And they heat up. Oh, that's quite nice, Oh, isn't it? they're delicious. Yeah, so, yeah, really nice. I tried those. They helped. I mean, I, I, I don't know why I try all these different things, but yeah, I do. Yeah. So earplugs are really good because, like you said, mm. it's not they rude. My wife started wearing earplugs because mm. I snore like a trooper. And she yeah. couldn't sleep and she'd be upset. She'd wake up in the morning and say, you're depriving me of my sleep. I was like, fine, do something about it. And mm. at the beginning, I was trying all these different things and my throat and all yeah. this. Yeah. And it didn't work, right? So she said, I'm just gonna put earplugs in. Since then, she's had the best, she has the best sleep. I love the way she made you try all that stuff. <laughs> I tried it all first for me to stop snoring. And then she gave yeah. up and said, do you know what? I'm just gonna wear earplugs. Yeah. And now we both wear earplugs. But do you know what else is quite nice? Why I like wearing them? Because it, um, it helps me to sleep because you can really hear your breathing. Mm. And I find that quite meditative. Mm -hmm. Is that the word? Um, it's quite relaxing and I like to listen you can focus in on something and it, it's a really good way to help you to sleep. Have you I ever find. tried meditation apps? Yeah. I, I just find it really hard to get into the zone of <laughs> meditation apps. I'll tell you what I have used that I really like is um, the, the noises. So the rain oh, noise yeah. I find really waves. relaxing. Waves or the crackling fire. Mainly the rain. I really love listening to, to that and that helps. Um, I tried audiobooks but you just get too into it. You do. Me. Yeah. <laughs> and also for this stuff to work, you have to have really comfortable earphones. Yeah. Because if you fall asleep, it's just going to wake you up. So. Are you a deep thinker? Yeah, I do think a lot. Um, and I think that's because I work at home on my own quite a lot. So mm -hmm. I'm always in my own thoughts and I'm always figuring out work stuff. So yeah, I do. But it's, mainly, it's more work, to be honest, than life. Life, okay. Yeah, try not to take life too seriously. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's hard though, I mean, it is, hard. Is, yeah. is there any advice you could give someone out there right now that is struggling with sleep, thinking, do you know what, I want to try these, what, what would be the first thing that you would do? Apart from taking action, what, what's the thing that you would actually do? Like, they're struggling with sleep, Yeah. what's the one thing you'd say, definitely try this now, tonight? Just put me on the spot. Um, I actually don't know, I mean, I, I, would start with, I would start with anything that's going to relax you. Yeah. Yeah, so keep it really simple. Even if it's having a bath, people don't really bath and shower. Some people, a lot of people don't bath or shower before they go to bed. It's yeah. a morning thing. So do that. Uh, I definitely go home and remake your bed. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just I, I try the the I just try the basics actually of sleep bedroom hygiene. That's yes. the first thing I would do. Yeah. Open your windows, clear your room, make your bed, and have a bath. Just the simple things. Really simple. Because I know that you said that you're slightly messy. So, I'm but really your bedroom, messy. but yeah. your bedroom is 
tidy? It's an oasis of that... calm. <laughs> but it's, it's true because how many times do you walk into a room and it's uncluttered and your mind feels sort of free? Yeah. Where you walk into some rooms and it's messy, you think, oh God, what's going on here? Yeah, well, think about it, right? If you walk into a room and all you've got is a bed, it's cool, you know, you've got that smell of lavender, you've got two side tables, your bed set lights on really dim, um, you know, everything's clutter free, there's nothing under the bed, all the wardrobes are tidy. That is instantly going to appeal to you. It's going to make you feel really calm. You know, the bedding's all plumped and plumped up. You know, it makes you want to go to sleep. Yeah. If you walk into a bedroom, and I have to say mine have looked like this over the years, but there's clothes all over the floor, <laughs> hanging off the back of stuff. There's a crack in the blood, you know, where the light comes through the thing, and it's, you know, the lights are on for it. You don't want to sleep. You don't want to sleep, do you? No, sure. You don't want to do that. No. Um, I'm also not a fan of TVs in bedrooms. I think no. bedrooms should be just for sleep. And so yeah. yeah well, this is another thing I wanted to ask. <laughs> Which does help with sleep. Does yeah. it? Okay. So how how does you know your sexual life maybe help with sleep? Yeah, I think it's just um, just a simple matter of it's it's a stress reliever. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's all it is. I mean. You know, when I'm there with two separate duvets on the bed, there's not a lot of stuff goes on in my <laughs> Ear plugs. bedroom. Earplugs. <laughs> looking really sexy. Um, but yeah, I think it's a very good way. It's just relaxing, isn't it? It's yeah. a stress reliever. Yeah. No, so okay. it definitely plays a role in helping you to sleep. If somebody is struggling with sleep and they think that I want to contact Rob, how, yeah. could, how what's the best way of them doing so that? So you can contact me at my uh, through my website, which mm-hmm. is robhobson.co.uk. Yep. Um, or go through my Instagram, which okay. is Rob Hobson Nutritionist. Okay. Yeah. So after the book, you're going to try yeah. and become a UK sort of ambassador for sleeping. It's quite and... a grand title, isn't it? I think that what I'd like to do is pursue projects where they are revolve around sleep products, or they they are in some way offering advice to people yeah. or talking in the media about the issues with sleep. Um, Does it have anything to do with your childhood? I don't know, actually. It's quite a good question. I mean, I really couldn't sleep know. as a child. I mean, my mother passed away when I was six, and I remember after that not being able to sleep. Like, I would have to have someone to put me to bed. Yeah, and I mean, I think there's traumas, because my parents died when I was in my, in my early teens. Um, and I think those traumas do affect your sleep, but I think it's more at the time. I'll tell mm. you what does happen when you're, when you're a kid, is you're more prone to night terrors. So these are when you are absolutely terrified, you can't move, you wake up, you're screaming, you, whatever it is you've been doing. So those things, kids are probably more prone to those. Yeah. It happens in adults as well, but it tends to happen in adults off the back of a trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe, yeah, it's a good question. Yeah. I don't know if those things follow you through, unless there's anxieties that you've developed that are still that, deeply yeah, rooted that you've never dealt with. Have you heard of something where your body's asleep, but your mind's awake and you can't wake your body up? Oh, that's the stuff of horror movies, isn't it? No. But I, I, I have heard, I couldn't tell you too much about it, but it's almost like being locked in, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, it'd be terrifying. Uh, apparently, my wife suffers with it. Oh, apparently, really? she, she, her mind's awake, yeah. but she can't move her body. Well, that could be. That's sort of what a night terror feels like as well. And you, yeah. the thing is, you, you're not conscious when you're doing it either. So it's, it's actually terrifying for the person next to you. You suddenly just are alert and yes. screaming or gasping and then you sort of fall asleep again. Um, sleepwalking as well. I find it fascinating, sleepwalking. I just think it's, you know, people... It's not good for the person, but people get up and get in their cars and they're totally... 
Absolutely. Yeah, they are, yeah. Yeah, subconscious. They just get up, get in their cars. You know, my sister said that her friend is a, is a teenager. They found him in his car asleep with no clothes. I don't know how he got there. He just got out of bed, got in his car. And they're all really, You've started to drive. It'd be quite scary. That's scary. Yeah. I used yeah. to sleepwalk and eat. So I used to go upstairs, right. eat loads of food yeah. from the fridge. That's the common thing. But I, it stopped when I stopped smoking cigarettes. Interesting. Yep. So yeah. I noticed that when I stopped smoking cigarettes, that, that's all gone out the window. Mm. Um, and also I've noticed that I, I exercise a lot less in the evenings now. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and my sleep, I, I get a lot, I get a lot of energy and endorphins yeah. from playing football. And I actually yeah. sleep a lot better when I don't play football myself. I don't know why. Well, this is a lot to do with your body temperature as well. Yes. I said earlier, so yeah. if you're exercising too close to bed, you're raising your body temperature. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to train really hard and just get straight into bed, it's probably, probably not, not going to help work. you sleep. You want to no. give it an hour. You want, or you want to have a shower after you've trained and that's going to get your body temperature up. So you want to leave it a bit of time just to cool down. And of course, if you're quite, you know, yeah. all charged and pumped up from your training session, it's going to have an impact. Okay. As much as this is about the book, and I love the book, yeah. Business-wise, yes. right? If there were three words of wisdom you could give to any young entrepreneurs out there, what would they be? Uh, patience. Ooh, I've not had that one before. Tenacity. Oh, oh <laughs> fire. You need a lot of that. Yeah. Um, maybe a bit of, bit of resilience as well, because you mm. get knocked back all the time. And you've got to realise, especially the kids, because they, you know, this is a really horrible thing to say, but a lot of kids are quite, feel quite entitled. And I think that you need, to, you need to learn about what it feels like to be said no to or get knocked back and how yeah. to pick yourself back up and just keep going. Yeah. Um, I think that's really important. No, it's nice. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. And if, if they were going to start their own business, so if they were, you, like, you yeah. obviously follow your passion, right? Yeah. And you do what you love doing. Actually, that's a very good point. Sorry to interrupt, but... You're only, I, f I honestly believe that you'll only do well at stuff that you're passionate about. And even if you don't achieve the wild monetary goals, I just think that you'll always succeed and do and feel really good and do well if it's something you're really passionate about. You can't fake it. No, you can't. You really can't. And then the money's irrelevant. It is it's irrelevant. You know, it's, you know it's, it's, it's all irrelevant. You're just going to be unhappy doing something you don't really want to do. So, yeah, yeah find your... Passion. passion, something that you love. And if you can't yeah. find your passion, maybe just try a lot of it and just see what you like. Skirt around until you figure out exactly where it is. Because, you know, even when you're at school, no one tells you about all the amazing things that you could actually do that exist out there. Yeah. You know, going to banking, going to whatever else it is you can do. But I fell into my job and I fell into the very fact of as being a freelancer and I fell into writing books. It all kind of just happened because I was working in my arena and I really love what I do. How, how did so, you get round to start writing your first book? How, how did that come about? So I actually co-wrote it with a friend of mine, Lily, yeah. who runs a detox kitchen. Um, and she just set the business up. Somebody approached, um, somebody approached Lily, who was my agent as well, and we decided to write that book together because we wanted a book that was not just about food, but was about um, all, the all the nutrition side behind it and how food can heal. Yeah. So we really, it took ages to write because we were trying to tally up the health conditions with the food and the recipes and link it all together with these menu plans. So it's quite, yeah, it was quite complicated to do. It made it quite simple. Yeah. yeah. And it was lovely because it was, 
you know, Bloomsby produced it, and it's a really beautiful looking book. So yeah. I'm quite proud of that book. It's just it looks really nice. Yeah, it um, does. So it's, it's a... quite an achievement. When I got, well, I was really chuffed when that book came out. Yeah. Because you also write columns as well, don't you? Yeah, I've got lots of columns. So um, I've had columns in Women's Health. Um, and other publications, I'm currently in Healthy Diet magazine, mm -hmm. so I've got a monthly sort of, I do a menu plan around a health condition in there. Um, I write loads across the media, I've pretty much written for most publications, <laughs> whether it's from the Daily Mail to Women's Own, I mean, it's, yeah, yeah. it's all part of my job. If somebody wanted to get in contact with you about maybe, you know, maybe they're into sports, maybe they're an athlete, whatever it might be, or maybe they're just a businessman, businessman or businesswoman yeah. that goes, I want my nutrition sorted. Yeah. Could they approach you yeah, for that? Yeah, of course. I mean, I'm always taking on new clients. Um, I work with quite a lot of new startups. Yeah. Um, I've got quite a few protein companies, protein powders at the moment. They're, they're still coming thick and fast, protein wow. powders. Um, but yeah, I like that side of things because it's not just about the nutrition, but one of my expertise is... is um, figuring out how to translate all of this into the the media and a bit of sort of a bit of PR, a bit of marketing of the product to sort of get it out there, yep. really, and help you to to market it that way. So you're going to come back and do one on nutrition? Yeah, of course. So if there's plenty of demand. It's quite a big topic. So uh, yeah, I <laughs> think so because I pick your topic because we weren't yeah. we didn't because of the launch of the book we wanted to yeah. keep this one quite secret. So we didn't tell everyone that you were coming in today. Yeah. Um, yeah. So for the next one, I want people to start asking Rob questions about nutrition and everything yeah. else. It's the best way to do. It. I think if if people have got questions, it's really good, and we can yeah. chat around those questions. I think it's a great way to do it. Yeah. yeah. So we'll do it. Yeah. So the part two coming in the next. Month, two months yeah, or so. Totally Fine, cool we'll, we'll get it ready for the new year. Yeah. Um, but if if there's any, you know, anything that you want to get in contact with Rob or ask Rob any questions, by all means, go to his yeah. website, go to social media, drop the questions down here or on YouTube or Perfect. on the podcast. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll get in touch. Yeah. Yeah. Rob, it's been an absolute pleasure. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Yes, and I uh, hope you guys have loved listening, love watching. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for subscribing and see you all soon.